Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody, and happy Wine Wednesday. Well, we're kicking off the month of March, which is Women's History Month, with special guest Marco Gabriel. She's a freelance writer. She writes for Cuisine Noir and other publications. And guess what? She's even written about the Swell Suite. Check out her article in Cuisine Noir. But anyway, we invited Margot to the show because she just moved to Portugal during a pandemic. Ain't that crazy? Well, here is her whole story. Cheers. Um, before hey. we introduce our special guest, uh, please vote for us for the Taste Awards. We are nominated for two categories. The link and the information will be in the description box. Yes. Bentley uh, vote Swirl Sweet. Vote, vote for Swirl Sweet. Yes. Yes. Yay. Can people vote multiple times? One time per device. Per device. Oh, per device. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. And if you have and if you have multiple email addresses. So vote well, from your uh, work. Well, well, well. Okay. So this is like Chicago, early and often. Duly noted. Hmm. Duly noted. And also, real talk, Sarita, and edit this part out when you uh-huh. go What's this timestamp? So, uh-huh, I got you. While you have us on now, or maybe another time, we should just do a like voice recording or commercial to say vote for us. Oh yeah, sure. That we can post on our social. So like it yeah. just be a thing that you put yes. at the beginning yeah. of the podcast or mm-hmm. on social media with just our voices and us saying, yeah, vote for us. Vote for Swirl Sweet. And then that picture of the four of us outside the deal. Got you it. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just thought of that when you just said this. I'm like, oh wait, maybe we could do this. So, okay. Yeah. And back to the show. <laughs> All right. Hey, Margo. Hey, girl. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Really, no complaints. <laughs> I mean, aside from, you know, being in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all of us. But you don't live in the U.S. We're going to talk about that later. Please. I know. <laughs> yes, please, because I need to hear the whole story of how this happened. Uh, introduce yourself to everybody. Of course. Hi, um, my name is Margo Gabriel. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. was born in Miami, Florida. My parents are from Haiti and I'm a freelance writer. Um, I'm a food writer and I, I love to eat. And so um, I've been able to, <laughs> <laughs> to um, interview some really fantastic uh, entrepreneurs and um, chefs and um, really fantastic wine, wine people uh, in, in the wine world um, over the last three years with uh, Cuisine Noir and Ethel Boston. Um, and now I'm living abroad in Lisbon, Portugal. As of 2020, October 2020, I made the move. <laughs> and okay. I've, I've been there for a couple of months now. I've um, been here for a couple of months and I really love it. I mean, aside from obviously, you know, the pandemic, um, it's been just a really fantastic opportunity to like meet and collaborate with some, some really remarkable um, expats here. Wow. Now is Portugal kind of open? Are restaurants and bars and stuff open there? They just closed. Um... They were open, but um, cases started spiking after the new year, um, and so the government decided to 
to pretty much close all indoor dining. So everything for the most part is closed with the exception of like pharmacy and grocery stores. So you could still do like Uber Eats and uh, takeaway, but you can't like go into shopping malls or. Um, oh, wow. So everything is pretty much shut down at this point um, with the exception mm-hmm. of the grocery stores and pharmacies. So the that's really impacted. The liquor store is open. So I'm always at the Yes. What is the weather like there right now? So this is our winter season, um, but it's very mild. So like today it was in the high 50s and sunny. Okay. Um, okay. November was probably the coldest month here. It was like rainy, kind of overcast, but it usually you know, by early afternoon, it's like sunny, right? Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, it's not that bad. That's nice. That's, yeah. that's comfortable to sit outside if you decided to dine outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you have a terrace, like that's, I don't have a terrace, but mm-hmm. that's like big. Right. You like for some people, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Has yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been a writer? Um. Wow. Okay. So professionally the last three years, but I've been writing since I was like 13 and I knew I was going to be a writer, but growing up patient American, my mom was like, you're either going to become a doctor, a nurse or a lawyer. And I didn't become any of those things. (laughs) (laughs) When I finally told her, I was like, you know, going off to college and I'm going to be studying English. She was like, but you already speak the language. I don't understand. And I was like, trust me on this mom. (laughs) You can do a lot with an English degree though. A whole lot yeah you can but she you know for her she was just like yeah who are you gonna do with that and I was mm-hmm. like I teach. and she's like okay yeah. so it took it took some convincing I think sometimes still they're just like what do you do again <laughs> <laughs> that is funny uh, I was just like okay <laughs> like my siblings like they get it but Oftentimes, I think like the the older ones in my family, they're just like, oh yeah, you know, Maya, she just be writing stories. <laughs> I was like, what is she doing, girl? She just be writing. I'm like, meanwhile, like I'm getting speeches. They make it sound like a diary like, entry. I know, it's terrible. right? It's just, I'm like, okay, all right, thanks, guys. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, she's a philosophy major. She just thinks. Yeah, she just, she just be, be thinking. thinking. <laughs> she just, just thinks. <laughs> So that that's always funny. I'm just like, okay. Right. You'd be like, Keep me humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you specifically get into the food section? Because that that's very niche. How yeah, did you become so, incompetitive? Uh, right. Very, exactly. very much so. Um, the last, I would say, most of my adult professional life, I, I was just working in finance. So I worked at um, a couple of financial firms and I worked in academia and up until March 2020 and I was like okay uh, you know with COVID and then I had gotten laid off and so that really pushed me into freelancing full-time unexpectedly which I mean it was a blessing because definitely last year was a lot for many people but it just taught me to really like lean into my skill set, but also to tap into my network. So I ended up getting in touch with Sheree at Cuisine Noir just through a cold email. 
I'd been following their work since I was an undergrad and I was like, oh my goodness, I would love to, you know, write for them one day. And I sent her a pitch, I think it was like in 2018. And I was like, hey, I just started a blog. My name was Margo. I don't have any clips because she had asked. She was like, can I see your clips? I'm like, I actually don't have any. <laughs> I'm like, I have a blog and it had one, one entry. <laughs> so she was like, let's hop on a call. And I was like, sure. <laughs> so shout out to Cherie. She's amazing. <laughs> and uh, she was like, okay, well, we can, you know, give you an assignment. And my first gig was to interview um, TJ and Hadley Douglas at the Urban Grade. And they were nice. just fantastic. Um, I hired my friend who's the, who was the photographer then. And, um, and that was my first byline in, in Cuisine Noir. And I was just like overjoyed. <laughs> um, and, and really like the rest kind of is history, like things really started picking up and um, I felt more confident in, in my ability to pitch. Um, and then I just started telling people like, hey, you know, I do freelance writing on the, on the side. If you know anyone that's looking for more writers, let me know. And so then I just started pitching to brands that I've always wanted to write for because I felt like, okay, I could do this. Like the worst that they could say is no. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, going to workshops and just like learning from other writers, reading other writers' work to really hone my, my craft. And um, that's really how I got started. Just sending that cold email. That's a lesson for everyone who's listening. Yeah. Yeah, just do absolutely. it. Just, just do it. And just do it. You know, if it doesn't work out or if that door doesn't open, there's, you know, plenty of other opportunities. And um, but I always tell people that if that's what they want to, you know, break into, whether mm. it's writing or filmmaking, whatever, you just have to start somewhere. Mm. Are you happy that you kind of fell into a black space of writing? Um, that was intentional. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was intentional. So like, okay. I had pitched um, other, you know, larger platforms that, um, you know, have a bigger budget and I never heard back. Mm. <laughs> um, obviously, I didn't have clips at the time. And so for me, like, it's still very much an honor to, to have bylines um, with Cuisine Noir. Yeah. Like, definitely, like, my whole thing is to promote Black entrepreneurs and, and the work that we do. Um, because I, I think representation is super important. And like, that's really why I'm a writer. My teachers, you know, in, in high school were, were black and, and they poured into me. And, and I feel like that's how I'm paying it forward is to share and to interview um, remarkable entrepreneurs in that space. That is awesome. So what has been like the most interesting article that to you that you've written so far? You don't have to say us. I know we were really interesting. I, listen, you don't, I don't have to say it. I was about to say it for her. Like, okay, so if she can't come up with it, like, let me just say it. Like, um, it's okay. Aside from us, aside from us, right? Like, okay, let's look. Okay, so we're one. So what is like two and three? If that helps. Okay, so so my second one would be interviewing. The catering company that's based in Haiti um, is called Tommy's Kitchen. And that was also uh, with Cuisine Noir. And being, you know, a Haitian um, parentage, like, it's always an honor for me to, 
to present Haiti in this, in a positive light. And so that, that to me was like such an honor. Um, so whenever I can shine a light on, you know, underserved communities or just really fantastic um, entrepreneurs who are doing amazing stuff, like that's always my goal. So that was my top two. My third favorite, I think would be the work that I've been able to do here in Lisbon and just like showcasing the diaspora here. My first story with, with the wine bar before everything shut down. Um, and it was the first wine bar that I visited when I came to Lisbon in 2018. And I just loved it. Like the vibe was perfect. The music was great. The food was amazing. And then when I knew I was moving here, I was like, okay, let me see if they're still open. And they were open and then the owner was there. And like, I was like, oh, I came here, you know, two years ago and I really loved it. And then I said, I would love to interview you. And he was like, he said yes, right on the spot. So then I was like, let me just check with my editor first. <laughs> so then, then I pitched Sheree. I was like, hey, Sheree. <laughs> you know, I have this really great story. His, his, his uh, story is really remarkable. Um, he pretty much started the, the nightlife here in Lisbon. Hmm. He's originally from Guinea-Bissau, came here as a teen and just, he was a DJ and just had all these really cool gigs. And he's just been a staple in, in the Lisbon nightlife. So been around for over 30 years and I'm just grateful that he was open to sharing his story. So that I would say is like my top third favorite story. I can see that. I love Lisbon. That was my first international trip. It's like, okay. Got my passport to go to Lisbon. Really? No I way. That. that was the first time. That's so one. cool. Oh. That's so cool. Yeah. Lisbon never really was on my radar. I mean, I could talk a little bit about it, but I was on my way to Mozambique and then I was flying on tap out of Boston and they were like oh do you want to spend four days in Lisbon and I was like okay and you know it was at no additional cost and I yeah. was like all right this, this is what I'm gonna do and I loved it the food was great just everybody was super cool and um like I want to come back here you know so that sort of was like I bookmarked that in my mind over the last couple of years and I was thinking about it and then this summer I was like I think I need to leave the state <laughs> <laughs> I mean I feel like everybody sort of has that yeah. feeling but mm-hmm. but, but I actually did like, it yeah sometimes I wake up I'm like I really don't live in America anymore this is crazy yeah yeah but I'm so glad I did yeah so um we're here so walk us through that decision that you made to to make the big move so um it was in June when I like decided like, okay, I'm gonna try to find some, some visa, something to, to, to move forward. Um, and I would say probably the tipping point for me was um, George Floyd's murder. Um, mm. That mm-hmm. I was like, after that, I was just, I felt more trapped. <laughs> like, you know, being in quarantine and having to work from home. And um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to either go to grad school or I'm going to find some program that's going to allow me to leave the States for at least two years. So I started looking for English programs um, in Lisbon specifically, like I wasn't looking anywhere else, but I knew I wanted to come here. And so I found a program and like mid-June, then I um, sent my application in. They were like, oh, we want to interview. And so it was like end of July. And I think it was like July 30th or something. 
So I got invited to come to this to your program, to your master's program. And then I had to like break it to my family because <laughs> I was like, okay, I got my visa. It took a month to get my visa, which I did not expect it to sort of, you know, have such quick turnaround because of the pandemic and the consulates were closed and everything. And so um, when I eventually got my visa, told my family, they were like, what? <laughs> Why are you doing this now? And I was like, you know, my goal was to visit Lisbon in the month of December last year, just for a couple weeks. I was going to use my vacation time to kind of test the waters to see if I could work remotely and live abroad. But then with COVID and like the restrictions and but I had to have a, a legitimate visa to, to travel outside of the United States. So when I got it, that's when I really started like getting rid of some of my things and just like preparing my family for my move and um, getting a COVID test. Like that was probably the most challenging aspect of this whole thing. Cause the, you know, the, the wait list was just so long. So I got my visa September 8th and then I left October 2nd. And it's that like it was just so fast. <laughs> like wow. Sometimes I'm like, I yeah. So I like wanted it to happen so badly <laughs> and did not stop until it happened. So hmm. glad that I did it. And did you have a plan already? Like after like you planned all that and I'm listening to your story and then think about mine thinking like, man, this is like how normal people and responsible people do things how Margot just said she did it like this is how people do things <laughs> I mean I don't know I mean I think <laughs> I think for me it was I just had this like sense of urgency and I was like yeah I'm I'm good like I I was like it's either you know Portugal or test of the waters in you know in Africa like in an African country you know, for a few months at a time, but I think it was, you know, having the, having the consulate um, approve my, my visa in such a short time. I was not anticipating that. So I was like, all right, I, like I already had a plan B. I was like, I can go to Senegal or I can go to Mozambique, you know, so I was, I knew I was leaving. I just didn't know where and who was going to open their borders to, to me. You, you were like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Literally. And I was super quiet about it. Like, even when I got here and I had like interviewed with the Huffington Post, I wasn't posting a lot of my stuff online because I was just like, I don't want anyone to know I'm here. Like Sheree knew I was here and a few other people, but I was just like, no one needs to know that I'm here. <laughs> Why didn't you want anybody to know you were there? I think for me, I'm just super low key. Like, I'm just sure. like, all right, let me, let me do my work and, and keep it moving. But meanwhile, other people got to post the airplane wing. They got to be, they got to be on the moving walkway doing like reels, like, or a boom train. I'm like, well, just know, so you know, well, you're writing about it now, but just so you know, when I Googled you, Lisbon comes up after your name. Oh, okay. Wow. So That's it's, so it's out there now, Carol. It, it is. So, I mean, oh my goodness. That's funny. That's a lot. <laughs> my friends always make fun of me. Well, the expats that I've met here, there's one from DC and she's like, you can't just be blocking people who want to like reach out to you, Margo. Like this, like people know who you are now. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So 
it's the running joke. Like if somebody DMs me, they're, they're going to be like, did you block somebody today? I'm like, no, I answer, you know, I reply to, to messages and comments. But I think being an introvert, I'm just like, okay, I write, but then it's like. Understood. <laughs> Understood. It can get overwhelming. It can, it can. Especially once people really start knowing you're uh, there and then you get into the uh, expat thing, people will be asking you, oh, can we interview this? Can you write this? Can you talk to us about this? And you'll be like, oh, yeah, great. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I'll do it. And then after time, you'll be like, oh, geez. Um, I'm going to have to start saying no. Mm. Or maybe. Or I'm going to have to start being less interesting. Which... It's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge for us all. We, all of us are fascinating. I mean, let's be honest here. We are legitimately fascinating. But no, when you went, you already had, you know, some writing gigs already planned and you were already like, you know what? I just need Wi-Fi and um, I can work fine. Or when you got there, be like, okay, so now I got to work on some something. Make very so, simple so, i have a very simple question did you find some place to live before or after you got there like how oh, their yeah, work out because if you don't know anybody there you, you can't right. like crash on a couch or anything so yeah, how'd no, that work so i had to book so my goal was to get here in like the end of september to apartment hunt. i had booked an airbnb but then at the consulate in boston they were like no you know the government wants to see that you have a lease and i'm like i don't oh. want to like find a check, you know, find a lease. And I've not seen the apartment, but they were not budging. And I was like, okay, if this is what you want. So the space that I have now, like I had only seen like six pictures. And I was like, this is, I'm like, I hope the, the dimensions- And they pictures they be anything. Yeah. They pictures anything. Here, Listen, it's anything. wild. It is so crazy. Like, so they had pictures of the common area. They had pictures of the bedroom. And the only picture that they had of the bathroom was the faucet, like just oh the faucet. So I thought the pictures be so in. terrible. Oh my, and oh my god! Like, so I started talking to my landlord about that. I'm like, this is terrible. And so when I walked in here, I was like, did I move into a rooming house? Like I had no idea. <laughs> but it's it's a legitimate apartment. Like there's a shower and it's it's legitimate. But I was cracking up. I'm like, this is like I was ready to stay in, you know an airbnb if it wasn't what i had anticipated but you'd be amazed serena leslie with the kind of the pictures people put out for apartments because they don't have to try because it's like people you know they snatch them up so quick if you're in the city so it'll be a it'll be a picture when i was looking for an apartment it would be like a picture of the corner of the wall like so where front door and the hallway meet it'll be a picture of that and then it'll be a picture of like the closet door and then like a corner of the shower. And those would be like the photos you have. I'm like, it's what like there's wow. no sense. It's to it. so it's, dumb. It's, so it's like you didn't even try. Yeah. Like, so I'm glad I have this space. I was like, I, I'll leave for two years. I don't mind. But most most people don't have, I guess, the same luck or whatever, but you do have to see it in person. I would recommend hmm. if you can. Or know someone who he can go see it yeah for wow. you wow so it was a that's the, you know that's the only thing that made me nervous out of your whole story everything was fine i was like oh my god wait how did she find a place to live mm-hmm. Tanisha, what did you do? yeah tanisha what did you do when you moved to france um when i first came i 
had an Airbnb. Oh, okay. And then I found a room to rent within that first week. Hmm. I met someone when I was here then who was super cool. And she was like, you know what? If you really do come back, she's like, you sound serious. Just stay with me till you mm. find an apartment. So when I came back that October, I stayed with her. Mm. Um, just sleeping on her couch with my little suitcase in the living room. And I stayed with her to that January and found an apartment um, that next January. That's how long it took me to get wow. a, a place. Man. Woo. Y'all are some brave souls. Y'all are some brave souls. Exactly. That's what makes y'all special. Right. The apartment thing, that, oh, it's stories about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard horror horror stories just from like the friends I've made here. I'm just like, wow. Okay. I'm very fortunate. See, I didn't even think of that. I was thinking more of the language barrier, Mm. but the whole apartment piece, yeah. Mm. So did you did you part, know some Portuguese before you? I that was a question I had. I have zero. <laughs> I speak some Spanish, so I try to get away with that. Or I'll ask them like, "Do you speak French?" Or if they don't, then it's just like, "Okay, let me pull out the Google Translate." <laughs> I'll be like, "Well, I'll just talk to somebody else. I'll be back tomorrow." Thank you. I know. I'm just like, they must be so sick of me when I go to the grocery store. I'm like, "Do you have celery?" <laughs> and they're like, "What?" Especially for Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness. I was trying to make stuffing. We didn't have any stuffing for Thanksgiving because I couldn't find the celery. So it was just, they were like, what? I'm like, you know, and I, and I had the word in Portuguese. I don't think I said it right. And they were like, you want leeks? I'm like, no. Did no. you show them a picture? So Would that have helped? They had no idea what I was talking about. Mm. So I was like, they might not even eat it, but at least in Portugal, uh, probably. greens, so you can get Maybe. collard greens there. Yeah, you can get yeah. collard greens there because I'll find collard greens here at Portuguese stores or at Oh, Portuguese wow. Stores. No, they do have collard greens. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Wow. French people don't eat it. Collard greens and kale, like if I'm getting it from like a French place, oh my God, it's about to cost a, a mint. No wow. Wow. Did you find a turkey for Thanksgiving? What did we have? We had roasted chicken. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Same thing. Yeah, no, we just had roasted chicken. (laughs) (laughs) What's um what's Portuguese food like? I mean, I know the wine. They're big into seafood. The wine is fantastic. Mm. Um, the the food is just really like I love to eat, so I've not had a bad meal here. Mm. Um big into bacalhau, so cod fish is like everywhere. Mm. available everywhere um shrimp duck like they have some really fantastic dishes they're speaking the language it's Mm -hmm. just it's my favorite dish so far it's called stuff rice with like fried chorizo sausage on top oh wow and it's like this really well seasoned duck and some rice and and you have chorizo Mm. on top it is so good Mm. (laughs) it is so so good so so good damn it sounds and, good right. and the seafood I mean everything delicious. is fresh so um I'm always eating and cooking and all that good stuff yeah. <laughs> how is your how has your life changed uh since since you moved I would say it's definitely made me more um outgoing and just because like I live by myself and I wanted to find a community of, of friends here. So Cherie really, again, came through and she was like, oh, you know, you should reach out to 
this expat. She's been, she's from DC and she's been here for two years. So I DM'd her and she responded and she was like, hey, let's meet for drinks. And so we met up maybe the end of October and we've hung out like almost every weekend. So she's like a little expat family here, which I appreciate. Her name is Cinnamon. And she's just been like super helpful in getting me acclimated and like getting, you know, my tax ID number that I need to get and just health insurance, like all those little things that you mm. have to, you know, get as, as a new person in a new country. So I would say like, it's made me more outgoing. It sounds so exciting. It's like you're starting over. Yeah. As that's an adult exactly, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. Like. I appreciate it because I'm normally introverted, but like now I just feel like, okay, you know, I could, before when things were open, I could say like, oh, let me go to this cafe or bar and and just like meet people. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I was just very, I was way more introverted back home. So you, did you move from, you moved from Boston? Yeah. From Boston. Uh, Okay. So it was just way more introverted and already had my circle of friends. And I was like, I'm all set. Like here, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, cool. Where are you from? Or, you know, just people seem to be very open here, which I really love. Now, after the two years, are you going to come back or what are you thinking? <laughs> Good question. Uh, I know. Oh, do it. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, so here, here's my plan. Um, my goal is to get my master's and then um, hopefully find an employment like here that would sponsor me to be here for, I guess, an additional three years. Because the way they, the way the Portuguese government does it is you have to live here, I think, five years consecutively to qualify for permanent residency. So it's, for me, I feel like you know, Portugal is like the easiest country to gain, I guess, you know, to be on the path of getting EU citizenship. Mm-hmm. So that, so that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. So ideally get my master's, find work that would allow me to be here for a couple more years um, after the two years um, or apply for a PhD and I'll be here for another four years mm-hmm. within. So, so that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. What are you get, What are you getting your master's in? I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh, I didn't mention that earlier. Um, my master's is in arts and culture management, so I'd love to be able to run like an arts nonprofit that allows mm-hmm. young students to young high school students to travel all over the world and mm. network. Um, so that that's one of the reasons why I came here. How did you choose your school? Because they they all do they all speak English or how's that work? There's not a lot, but there are a few in Lisbon. Um, okay. And I just picked the one that, that came up. Okay. And they had deadlines that were, that I had not missed. And so that's literally how I ended up finding this program. Okay. So my next goal is to actually take an, an official Portuguese class because yeah. I, I need to learn the language. <laughs> <laughs> are any of your expat friends fluent? Uh, a few, a few. Okay. Because Tanisha, yeah. you said you have to... You have to converse with it or be around people who are, don't force you to or force you to speak right. the other language, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Yeah, so I do for have it to take. easy to mm-hmm. slip back into yeah. that English because we're kind of. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, just. no, it's true. It's true. I have. 
let's see. I have two two American expat friends here, but the rest are like from Portugal. So I do have access to to not have to speak English all the time. Hmm. Portuguese yeah. people are nicer though. So it is easier to they, yeah. make friends with Portuguese people. Make friends with French people? Very much so. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> I hear it is hard over there. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you speak uh, French, Tunisia? Um, I can speak some French words and put together some sentences. Nice. I don't know if she's exaggerating or not, or don't want to like give herself the credit, but her little French accent pops up. Like, did you see her <laughs> yeah, video? It mm-hmm. was very French. Mm-hmm. I was like, look at this girl. It's just to say to speak. French like people are like oh fluent and the thing is I can speak and get my point across to someone and then they'll respond back to me and then I'll be like I don't know what you said what mm-hmm. like I won't understand what they said so that's why like that's my hold up now with why I actually okay. don't push myself to speak it more so I'm like all right mm-hmm. I got my sentence I'll just fine and then they responded mm-hmm. or tried to hold up their end of the conversation but I'm like so wait what <laughs> put what I don't know what you say it. They'll say it again, and I'm like, no, you know what? Forget it. You can only ask what like three times. Like after that, you just have to smile and nod, and like you, you gotta move on. Right. You keep repeating. Oh man. But you, I mean, you have said, Tanisha, um, that you have done wine tastings. Like you've gone to wine tastings, and you've understood what they said, and it was in French. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think you're probably further along than you give yourself credit. Probably. And that's not like trying to be a humble brag or downplay. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's hard to be an adult and someone who, like I consider myself to be, you know, pretty eloquent and a good storyteller. But then in another language to not be perfectly comfortable in any situation, anyone says anything. That is very hard for me. Some people don't sound like a five-year-old child. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not her. She is not me. And then I bet dialect has an influence too. Cause like, if you learn a language or, and I'll give you a really good example. One of my uncles has a really thick Southern accent to the point where my ex-husband could not understand what he was saying. Like I would have to translate for them. <laughs> Because he talks really fast and he has a thick accent. So he would stand next to me and be like, what did he say? Type of thing. So I can only imagine in a, in a foreign language and somebody has, you know, a very thick accent from regional accent from where they are. It probably is a challenge too. Yeah. And I couldn't tell yeah. it was regional accents until later. Like that's something hmm. that I just felt like, okay, I just can't understand you when you talk mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like, all right, man, maybe I'm not as good or learning as mm-hmm. much French as I thought because I don't understand when this person talks to me. Right. Then when talking to someone else, I'm like, no, but I understand everything she's saying and mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh no, she's from the North. That's why you don't understand her. Or like, oh, he's from the South. And I'm like, it's funny because you know, everybody in the South anywhere like has an accent and you don't understand it. Like wow. the Southern accent in any country is just different. 
But here, they're like people from the south. They're like, oh no, you're not gonna understand that. And in the north, they have taken the language, and it's even a different kind of French. Whoa. So not just their pronunciations, like they have like extra words or different ways that they pronounce things. Not even just the accent. They're like, no, no, we're gonna pronounce this word different. Mm. Like we say tomato, the north would be like tomato. Like okay, mm-hmm. so right. yeah. And mm-hmm. as a foreigner, I'm like, wait, is this the same word? Are we talking about a different mm-hmm. word? Yeah. Is this yeah. like read and read? Like, what are we doing here? How? Yeah. What, what's happening? So, yeah, there's that. No, I get it. Yeah, it's like that in, in Portugal. Because I, before I came over, I was listening to a lot of, like, podcasts in Portuguese and didn't realize there was a huge different or there was a difference between Brazilian Portuguese and, like, European Portugal Portuguese. So I was like, okay, I spent the whole summer learning Brazilian Portuguese. This is not helpful. So I was like, I was like, this is insane. Like it's like I notice the difference when I when I hear them speak um, Portuguese. Um, or they drop their endings and it's very like nasally and there's a lot of like a lot of shuh sounds. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so definitely I have to like train my ear to to understand. Yeah. in the beginning even just trying to understand the separate words was hard I'm like it sounds like one song lyric yes like, it's like yes. no so I was hyped like before I could even translate it to mean something that I could comprehend I was just hyped that I knew the separations in the words and that it wasn't just a long note I'm like oh wait I understand that he just said mm. six words like I was when that happened <laughs> or when I can actually translate them because like when you hear anything foreign sounds fast mm-hmm. and so it always sounded fast and then it sounded like it all ran together mm-hmm. so once you can yeah. even hear just the word separation you're like okay we're making progress all mm-hmm. right we taking steps yes <laughs> and then after that you'll start being able to translate words and then and then and then, and then <laughs> girl may the force be with you it's thank you it is not an oh, easy man. pass but i know you're up for it oh man um so last serious question this is actually for margo and tanisha is there any advice for an american that wants to move to another country that's a really good question I would say this is the advice I give to everybody to do your research, like really, you know, cause it's not like, you're not going on vacation. Like you're uprooting your life to, you know, to move to a new, a new country. Um, so just, you know, do your research and just know like what, what your limitations limitations are like, what, what is it that you want? Do you want to still maintain the, the same lifestyle that you currently have in your new post country like or you know getting used to the system like there's a lot of bureaucracy here um and that that takes some getting used to um especially we could do a whole episode on bureaucracy (laughs) girl that could be a whole conversation Uh, like you know for an example um you have to once you're here in portugal you have to get registered to get it's kind of like you know, your social security number, but here we call it NIS, N-I-S. And it's a little tax ID number that they that they give you. Ideally, you're supposed to get it, I want to say, within 
two months of you being here just got mine been here five months I just got mine wow. uh so you know I've learned patience quite a bit of patience and, and just dealing with the systems and but sometimes I'm like this is crazy but again I'm in a new country so just kind of have to adjust but definitely do the research that's what I would recommend that's excellent advice so to go along with that I would say um I think number one for me I have two would be not to idealize or idolize the place you're going and I say that especially here because it is Paris and people look at it as this, oh my gosh, it's Paris and it's this and it's that. And so they have this whole dreamy idea in their head of what it is. And it even might be like that when you come here as a tourist. But when you get here and live here, you're not living in the Eiffel Tower. So yeah. you have to be realistic about what this place actually is to, to live here. And then the second is um, kind of like what Margot said of being flexible. Um, the way your life is in America, your life absolutely will not be like that when you are here. So you have to, so I guess mine would be more manage your expectations. Mm. Your life is not going to be the same. If you want it to be the same, then don't come. Like I'm not even going to try to talk you around that. Just don't come. Don't come here with your same American attitude, your same American mm. ideals, your same American, um, your full American way of thinking. Like, yes, you can still be American and get things mm. done because me being an American has helped me build a business here because of, I mean, the ingenuity, the work ethic, the think outside the box, all of that has helped me, but I can't be fully American and be like, well, you have to do things the way they do in America. That's not how they do them here. They're not gonna do them as fast. Unfortunately, it's not gonna be as thorough, but that's just a thing. So you have to be flexible. Flexibility goes along with that whole patience thing. Um, and trying to get through bureaucracy, trying to get help for anything. You, yeah, manage your expectations. Things aren't gonna flow as smoothly as you think they should. You think it should take a week, it's gonna take you a month, manage it. Figure it out, give yourself time, be flexible. And yeah, that's, those are my two I'm pieces. Of wine. <laughs> right. And luckily the wine is good over here because otherwise right. like, oh I would have jumped goodness. off the roof. Like right. I would have jumped off the roof a couple of times. <laughs> and over simple stuff, like I would have jumped off a roof trying to get a bank account. Like that was one of the hardest things I oh did. Get oh a bank my. account. Same, same. <laughs> and why is that hard? Like I'm literally I trying to give you my money. Why are you making that hard? I'm trying to put a stack in your hands and you're just like, I'm not sure. <laughs> is, it, is it difficult because it's considered an offshore account? Is it considered an offshore account? No. No? Okay. I'm not saying I, thought no, it was, like, I thought it was, no, my, it might have been no something like illegal. <laughs> no, not something illegal, but with France, I know, I'm not sure if this is a French rule or European or EU rule, but it's now a deal with... Um, they have to, America has to be able to access foreign bank accounts. If you have like a regular foreign uh, bank account. Okay. So some places don't even want to deal with the extra paperwork of having an American get an account. Interesting. Um, so I got to run around a bunch of times with going to banks and they'd be like, oh no, not here. Mm -mm, nope, you can't do it here. Oh no, we don't do that. And I'm like, we don't or you don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, now I know the rules better and uh, 
the rule is they have to they have to give me an account like or they have to give me a legit reason and it has to be written they have to give me a legit written reason why they didn't give me an account Mm. and tell me where else to go and with that I can report them um, Mm. based on that because you know they gave me that on paper saying they couldn't give me an account so um those are rules that of course you don't know when you come here and they don't expect you to know that's why they do these things So I eventually got one and people are like, oh, what about change your account? I'm not changing anything. I can't change my internet. Okay, like nothing. Cell phone's the same since I've been here all six years. <laughs> like we're not changing nothing, okay? It was too hard. But that to sounds like a business. It sounds like oh, a business. Oh, sure. It sounds like a racket. What no, 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 for no. you, for you to help no, people. To I don't want to do it. Mm-mm. I don't no. have the patience. I can't help nobody with this. That's I, I, I had the patience. Yeah, like there is a big business. Who do like, that? Yeah, it is a business, but some people are shysty with it. Yeah, yeah. shysty. Yeah, like I think you get your business. visa is a business. Like some people yeah. do that as a business. But you I can know. do it yourself. Like I mean, I to get my whole thing, I did this mm-hmm. by myself. So like you can definitely do it. But like you said, Tanisha, some people are shysty and they overcharge. And I was looking at some of these like digital nomad like companies where they help you you know do with the move and it's unbelievably expensive mm. i'm like all you have to do you know take a few weekends do those google searches that you need to do mm-hmm. make those phone calls mm-hmm. and get it's you a good friend free yeah, yeah. it's free to do and, and google translate google translate you know but yeah. i do feel like i get a lot more people emailing me um and especially with my recent article about my move here more people, especially Americans, are like, oh, can you, you know, help me with this process? And I'm like, I'm not a, like, I don't do that for work. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just, so uh, I your, just your response like, should have been, oh, here's my rate sheet. I know. Right. My like, you need to not, <laughs> not answer them and, and, and send, mm-hmm. you know, I charge them. I'm like, I don't know. It's a lot okay. of work. It, yeah. it is. And so I'm going to give this, this little piece of advice to you, Marga, as the new uh, expat um to not burn yourself out early on because people will ask like oh you know how'd you move there and I really like to pick your brain about the move and all that there's a lot of 99% of the people are not moving nowhere all right just want to answer a bunch of questions and just wear you out like serious and I'm sorry to have to say this you know you can keep this in or not to read it but people will wear you out Mm -hmm. ask you 500 questions have no intention of moving anywhere Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah you know I'm gonna plan a place I'm gonna move in three years no you're not like it don't take you that long you either move it or you're not and you can't keep you don't want people to keep wasting your time by you answering the email going back and forth and all of that and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, and the reason I'm saying this is one, it happened to me a trillion times. Wow. I got tired of it real fast. Okay. Give them, like Sarita, she was half joking, but give them a rate sheet. Just be like, you know what? Um, I do offer this as a service. It costs this much. I bet you didn't want to ask you any more questions. You're right. But, and that's a light that. way to, <laughs> like, seriously, like just come yeah. up with a rate sheet. It's 150 an hour to talk to me. Like whatever the case may be, or say it's 75 hour, whatever you want to do. And if they're like, okay, I'll pay it. Well, all right, now you made you some money. (laughs) And the thing is, if they're serious, they're going to come at you with actual questions and they're going to do some pre-research. Like, let me look this up because time is money. 
you know, her time is important. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Yeah. that's another thing. All You're right. not going to wear me out with loose questions. So how did you move? <laughs> <laughs> I get those DMs all the time. I'm like, I... I Googled the embassy and I, I followed the directions that was on the, I don't know, like, like I packed a suitcase and bought a ticket. Like, that's it. Like, what do you want to know? So mm-mm. even in yeah. interviews, people ask me silly, not silly questions, but so Tanisha, so like, how'd you get to Paris? Like, have, and this is again, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but like, if you can say like, oh, I followed you for a while, da, 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 you know how I got here. Mm-hmm. And you know what I do. Like, ask me another question. Like, I'm sure right. you can think of another question to mm-hmm. ask that will help your audience. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're trying to do this for. So you packed up a suitcase and moved to Paris? <laughs> is that what you did? <laughs> is, that a, is that a question? Like, why am I doing this? How long is this? How long is this interview? <laughs> oh man! So yeah, wow. girl. This let me just wild. help you. If that's any advice, I can. Give I appreciate you. that. No, truly, because I'm like, listen, people gonna wear you out. Yeah, I've I've fallen in the podcast trap a few times. <laughs> I was really? like, See? I've fallen in the the podcast trap and the social media trap. Can you? Mm-hmm. Um, I just need help with my social media. I don't know what that <coughs> means. <laughs> I want to start a podcast. Okay. Either. I don't know what that means, that but I've fallen like being so, <clears throat> I guess, you know, honored, like, oh, they want my help. That must be somebody. No, no, girl. Mm-mm. That's how it no starts, Steve. That's, that's exactly not son. how it starts. No, man. You get, you get mad flattered. Like everybody's in the DMs. Oh, yeah. like, oh, did you mm-hmm. move? Oh, oh, how long you been living here? Oh, my God. I love to live abroad. Oh, here we go. You know, you know, but don't own a passport. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No passport. Mm. And not even no passport. Like you ain't left Atlanta. Like where you trying to go? <laughs> like you haven't wild. even been anywhere else in Georgia. Like, have you been to Macon? Like, where else have you been? <laughs> she did not say Macon. She could have said Savannah. Right. She said Macon. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Mm. Mm-mm. All right. We're going to keep it light and ask you guys the <laughs> random and not so rapid questions. <laughs> the first one is what movie do you love? That's a good one. Cause you know me, you know, I can't watch movies twice. Seriously? You can't watch movies twice. No, I, I did not know I that. Don't, I don't like to watch. I don't like to watch reruns of shows. I don't like oh, to watch, wow. watch movies again. Like what? Oh, oh wow! Really? Oh, what? I feel like I just blew everybody's mind. Like what? You what, did <laughs> because you're black, and it's a lot of black stuff that we have to watch over and over again. Right? I'm not that person. So if wow, my card wow. needs to be handed in, or I need to put a stamp on it, let me know. <laughs> um. Yeah. I so don't, can you, you catch quotables? I, I don't read books again. I mean. Maybe like a help book, something like that. But I want hmm. something. One, I'm one and one, and I'm out. One and done. I don't know why I couldn't come up with that. One. And but done. wait, sometimes when you watch movies more than once, you catch things that you didn't see before. Perhaps. Okay. All right. But not feeling me. Okay. Doesn't. She's okay. like that's not my She's problem. She's not my movie. All right. <laughs> Great. And when I've had to do it, because people are like, oh, I'm gonna watch this movie. I'm like, I've seen that. 
oh, okay, well, let's watch it again. I'm like, oh, God, I'm not paying attention enough. <laughs> so, like, I won't catch it because I'm not as engrossed in it because I'm like, I know what happens. Okay. Oh, wow. So, to All say right. a favorite movie. Like, All right, girl, what was the last movie you actually liked? Like, you was like, oh, that that was a great movie. I like that movie. What was the last okay. movie? I'm trying to think. Come back about. to me. Because I'm trying okay. to think, like, what I watched. Come back to me. Okay. Margo, anything? Don't disappoint oh, us like Tanisha. Please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will. I will watch. I do my reruns and, and all that good stuff. Um, There's so many good films out there. The most recent one that I saw. Alessa, you got one? I do. Okay. We'll come back to you, Margo. As a- Thanks on the plane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um- <laughs> girl the color purple oh i watched that like it's the first time the first time i I cannot start it unless i can finish it you know it's a three-hour movie and i saw it on i saw it on the other day i was like i can't commit i i I got things to do so i can't commit today but it's (laughs) one of those movies i agree i it's like the it's it's like the first time each time i watch it yeah Mm -hmm. cackling at the same stuff yeah yeah Yes. Okay, I have seen that one more than once. I'll say that. Okay. I've seen that one more than once. Like, because, I mean, you won't know all the quotables unless you see it more than once, right? That's true. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be lost on me. <laughs> oh. oh, Tanisha. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know the quotables from Color Purple. From Color Purple, New Jack City. Friday. From from Friday. Okay. All right. There's a few. I really like, um, it's by Barry Jenkins. It's called, I think it was one of his first films, um, Medicine for Melancholy. That came out hmm. maybe in. Okay, she didn't hit us with an art house fam. Yeah, All right. Know, right? <laughs> they play that at Is East this a documentary? No, they play that no, at no, East no. in DC. That's it's one of those. Most most likely. Um, but it, oh, it, it was just right super. Up. I loved it because I love San Francisco. It was set in, in the Bay Area and it follows uh-huh. two um, two black San Franciscans just you know trying to stay in the city. Oh and okay. they're being pushed out because of gentrification but it's it's mm. it's a really cute cute film i really loved it well since i haven't seen it, <laughs> add it to my, i can watch that and add it to my list uh, good okay add it to my <laughs> list all right so, yeah, what I, is I yours all right i'll go next so um actually one of my recent i'm going to add this to my list of faves but i love the photograph <gasps> yeah, oh, I absolutely yeah. love yeah. that movie. I'm very yeah. picky with yeah. um romantic films, but that one that that's to me that's on the level of like a Love Jones. But I just yeah. felt everything, yeah. the music, mm-hmm. the jazz in the background. I was like, oh, oh god, goodness. and I was like, is that Solange? <laughs> oh, oh I it's, love and it. it's beautiful. It's just it's, it's so it's, beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautifully they, shot. They do mm-hmm. a good job of like yeah. capturing New Orleans. I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love everything about this movie. So I forgot um, about the photograph. Yeah, yeah, that was also really yeah. Cool that's one. my newest edition. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, <laughs> Tanisha. So you do not have an answer. I will move on. Nope. Next I question. Just, <laughs> all right. 
that's fine awesome. with me. All right. <laughs> need a drum roll or like a sound effect for the next question. How do Just we do checking. It? Just checking. Okay. All right. We're we're on to our next money question. If you received eight thousand dollars, what would you do with it? I thought about this this weekend. Okay. Because I said Sarita is going to ask us. <laughs> and, <laughs> And, and so the past couple of weeks, my answers have been very um, self-involved. And I thought if I had $8,000, I would supplement the summer lunch program for kids who don't have lunch. Wow. That's Aww. awesome. That is awesome. Like that. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Dang. So... I don't more know, money, more money. Leslie should have went last. <laughs> right. I'm like, who's going next? <laughs> Start with the good Samaritan. That's why I got to give a fake answer. More money. <laughs> I'm like eight thousand. These jumps could sit up, stomach flat. Oh my but God. up. No, I'm kidding. I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh have you seen me? Nothing needs to be done to this rack. All right, it is perfection. As <laughs> oh gosh, do you have an answer, girl? Yes, 8,000. So I'm buying a bottle of DRC for sure. I don't know if I'll buy two bottles, one to drink now, one to keep, but like a good one from like a good year from like the 80s probably. Mm. Um, And then a first class flight to somewhere I'm not sure of yet. Probably still in Europe and then get like a so the flight wouldn't be that expensive and then get like a ball or suite and then just you know um have a photographer follow me around because you know that's what i need to do that for the gram because why would i have eight thousand and no one can know it no one can see it mm-hmm. you got to memorialize it right well, we get to ten thousand i'll share it and take someone but for now <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um Rain unpaid. <laughs> this money on the road. We're not, we not putting nothing on the college loans. We not. Mm-mm. We, mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Margo? I would, I guess, spend the money between starting um, the nonprofit, the arts organization that I'd love to, to launch, um, but also get my, my family traveling. So my niece and my nephews um because oh. I feel like you know travel is is such an education and then to be able to give that as a gift um that would be really cool mm. so, yeah nice Aww. Sarita what about yours you know this one was a because it's not it's not quite like eight eight thousand is a nice amount but it's not quite enough for what I have planned for the 10k but I would probably um, invest in a small black business. So I know that um, Coco Noir is always looking for investors. Mm-hmm. Leslie, I don't know if you would look for investors, but I would invest in a small black it. business. She's going to invest in you, <laughs> So, what would you do with $16,000? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say the whole amount. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Leslie, what was you doing? Twelve thousand dollars. Gracious. Okay. Yes, twelve. Yeah. That would be good. That would that would uh we'd appreciate that. Right. But you'd be mad if Leslie's like, so we are taking a jet to Australia. (laughs) We're doing research. Because Mm -hmm. we are doing research Research. on (laughs) soil and vine pruning is what we're gonna check out. I don't know. I'm a I'm a simple American. Look, just put my name on a pew or something. You know, when you buy a church or buy your, yeah. you know, just put it. <laughs> just put Leslie, put her name on the um one of the rolls in the van. Yeah. Like a little metal plate in the arm. Oh my god. Shut up. Oh god. <laughs> you know what? I'll get a little velvet rope. I guess. Engrave the seatbelt. Engrave the seatbelt with her name. Get a little. Put, yeah, put her no name way. on the seatbelt. So as soon as they, Sarita be right across their chest. <laughs> I can't stand y'all. I can't stand y'all. Margo, I mean, you know, we Oh don't my know. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Name something you are most likely to eat at a concert or a sporting event. Hot dog, popcorn, nachos, fries, candy. My actual I- number one sporting event snack isn't on there. What is it? Pretzel. Pretzel with oh, cheese. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a good one. When we used to go to Bulls games, me, my brother, and my dad, two minutes left in the second quarter, he would go get us all pretzels and Sprite. It was a thing. Oh, that's so cute. So he would come back, you know, so before two minutes before halftime, he would go so the line wouldn't be super crazy. Oh, my God. And then that's he would come so back in the middle of halftime and we would have pretzels and Sprite. I love that. <laughs> that I love was like that. our thing. Mm-hmm. I when if I go to a baseball game, I will always get a beer. I don't know okay. what it is. I will get a beer at a baseball game and probably a hot dog. Okay. Actually, Italian, Italian and sausage, uh, sausage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All if right. I'm at a concert, I'm usually just drinking. Um, but if I'm at a baseball game, um, I'm also getting a hot dog and beer. Okay. Um, perhaps I'm greedy. Because it's you're like I'm getting nachos and a hot dog, and Wait, then so I'm not gonna not either or. <laughs> no, so listen, um, minus the hot dogs, I don't really like hot dogs like that. But it's whatever I smell first. If I smell popcorn mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. I'm most likely I'm going to get that. So it depends on where um, where everything is stationed. So popcorn, nachos, fries, all of those things um, are on the same are the same level. It's whatever I see and smell first. No candy. I don't really have a sweet tooth like that, so yeah, yeah it mm-hmm. wouldn't be that. But candy's like if I'm at the movies, mm-hmm. yeah. I might think candy. And same for me with popcorn. I don't yeah. think popcorn at a sporting event. No, neither do popcorn I. Popcorn is my movie snack. Sporting mm-hmm. event, we presto, we're nachos, we're other things. Yeah, we'll see yeah. movie theaters here. They're they're so fancy now. They have everything from like hamburgers and french fries and wine. chicken and wine mm-hmm. and all of that. I'm still not trying so. to do all of that. And like, yeah. just go to dinner. Like, uh, yeah, it's true. Eat first. But <laughs> Americans are eat. greedy. I am an American. Yes. So if we see it there, like what? I can get a full meal while I watch the movie. Why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't concentrate. Like I got to look down at the food. I don't like eating in the dark either. Oh, girl, you got too oh, many. Mm. Yeah, it's too much. Okay. Not eating a full meal. Like, I'll eat popcorn in the dark. But, like, yeah. trying to eat, like, balance. I'm balancing a hamburger, fries, and, like, <laughs> Skittles on my lap. Like, I'm not doing this. Okay, well, hamburger and fries ain't that hard to eat on your lap. You eat that in your car. 
and had Germany. done it, yes. Yeah. In broad daylight. All right. Anyway. Or at least with some kind of light. <laughs> I'm not trying to do all that with a movie. Like, I'm trying to watch the movie. Like, I got to watch the and movie. And we know how you feel about the like, movie. Watch it one <laughs> time. Right. You, right. So I got to see everything. I'm only watching this one time. Like, I'm not coming back. I'm not getting it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> like I see it now. I can't. I can't take my eyes oh, off to chew a hamburger. Oh like God. I can't. All right. <laughs> next. Okay. Next question. <laughs> How likely are you to become a vegan? Just throw. <laughs> just throw out a percentage. Five yeah, percent. I mean, now that You're I was full, full vegan, like <laughs> a full vegan, not vegetarian, full vegan. So like no cheese? Like can we add no cheese, girl? Just vegetable, fruits, and carbs. Girl, five percent. Five percent likely. And that's only because I never say never. (laughs) You talking out of a hundred (laughs) percent? I don't think it's likely unless it was like, you know, medic for medical reasons, and my doctor was like, Margot, you need to cut it out. I don't I used to be vegetarian and like now that I live here no okay like, so between, you used to be a what like, type of vegetarian were you um so I I ate cheese I could okay. dairy um but just not like poultry seafood bread got meat. it um but um this was like when I was an undergrad in college how long did that last uh, I was vegetarian for two years. Oh, okay, that's a long time. Okay. Yeah, it was, I, I enjoyed it, but it was hard. Did you, know, you enjoy it? Around, I did. Like, my skin was the most clearest it had ever been. Wow. I had more energy. Like, I did notice the difference. Okay. Um, but when I went back home, um, it was, my mom was like, what are you doing? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Haitian, so too. That, she probably wasn't trying to hear that. She wasn't she was like. You. She pretty much was like, oh, they brainwash you. Like, I sent you to school to learn and they brainwash you. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so she just was like, you want to study English and you become a vegetarian. Like, what is happening? Like, she just did not. Oh, that's understand. definitely a foreign mom's like, yeah. conversation. Yeah. So that, that was, that was short-lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I did notice the benefits, but now I don't mind it. But being in Europe and like the quality of the food is just so good. Yeah. It's, it, mm-hmm. it would be a challenge to, to willfully cheese that's all i'm gonna say i'm not right cheese and bacon like i mean there are other things like cheese and bacon like i'm literally never giving those okay let me not say never um i'm not going i'm not going out without that okay all right leslie i'm looking at your face negative two percent would I be a vegan? I mean, it would have to be. If you don't do this, Miss Freelo, you are going to die in the next couple of days, and we might have to make some concessions. Type of situation. Well, I'm coming up off that AK, like someone's like, okay, so for the eight thousand, then I'd be like, how long? Like eight thousand, like eight thousand ain't enough to be a vegan. Right. Be- how long are we talking about being a vegan? True. Be a vegan for a month? Oh, so you should think this. <laughs> no, I think this is forever. Right. Oh, I'm saying like to if you pay me, I could do it for a finite period of time. <laughs> no, no, no. And all those like you know, I've said this before. I I am very skeptical about those Beyond Burger, what have you, because 
if it was meant to be me, it would be me. Like just be me. You either eat right. me or you're not. Yeah. Right. Like, why are we faking this? Right. And making it look like meat. Like, let's not. It's tasty. Yeah, I know I do meatless Mondays. I'm sorry. Whoop. Let me fix that. Meatless Monday mornings. Just in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it is just the morning. It's just the morning. I can't get it out. Just the morning. Twenty-four hours. Like, it's not. I can't even lie. I'm not even gonna lie on the podcast. It's just the morning. I make a cute, very filling, like Monday. It's usually like brunch style. It's very large, um, and but like dinners usually, huh? A frittata type of situation. No, but that's not vegan. Oh, because it has cheese. It's in it. the, well, it's eggs. And eggs. Yes. Eggs. Oh. <laughs> I don't even think of eggs. That's not real meat. Right. That's not okay. Meat. Okay, That's Leslie, we get it. I don't think you'll right. never be a vegan. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm like, eggs, cheese, bacon. Yeah. You don't name vegetables. <laughs> when people cook stuff, like, oh, well, we making this vegan and there's no eggs. And I'm like, eggs, like, hold stuff together. Like, this is why your food falling apart. Everything all crumbly. <laughs> well, there's substitutes for it. Mm-mm, I'm not playing. Like, so you know, being Catholic, especially oh now, there's no meat right. on Fridays, well, right? Sure, but you can have eggs. So see, I didn't even oh, think like no, they're okay. just right. See, yeah. that's vegetarian, all yeah. right? Not vegan. <laughs> Unless you're talking the brown, you're not even about to talk me into it and cooking up for me. Okay. <clears throat> I, I, I eat one of her dishes. Other than that, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Um, for me, it's, it's, it's not likely there's probably only for health reasons that I would be able to give up seafood. So, um, seafood, I wouldn't be able to do. Um, and and then I really be unhealthy. True. True. And like, I have an affinity for roasted chicken. So not even fried chicken. It's the roasted roasted chicken. That's yeah, I don't know. It's really? golden brown. It's juicy. I don't know. So, nah, I won't be it's able to give that. And <laughs> eggs, eggs will be a serious problem. So, mm, my percentage is I love like ten percent. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Low for me too. Yeah. All right. The last question is for Margot. I read online that you like gin. Is that right? I love okay. gin. Okay, love gin. All right. Love so gin. pair your favorite <laughs> gin cocktail with a song. Oh, okay. Um, it would be Lucy Pearl's Dance Tonight. Hmm. So impressed. What's our cocktail? I'm so <laughs> impressed. Let me see if I can. I'm millennial. I can't even lie to you. Oh my goodness. I, I love you. You know Lucy Pearl? Oh Somebody told you about this. You got an older sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. no i love music like yeah love music so much so I have really quick did anybody going. did anybody watch the d'angelo versus last night i watched some no, i didn't even know he had one yeah. they didn't promote it like they did the other big ones but yeah i watched yeah, it was like three in the morning like i couldn't do it how was it, it? <laughs> so i okay so first of all, as a huge, massive D'Angelo stan, I thought it was great just to see him and like feel his energy and that kind of stuff. Um, you can tell he's getting older. Um, it was uh, it was a little uncomfortable at some moments, but it was great overall. He bought out Method Man. He bought mm. out um, oh Method Man and Red Man. He bought out um, her, 
and he's saying and she's saying lauren hill's part of um nothing even matters mm-hmm. oh so it's some some real key moments that happened um everybody awesome. thought it was great but swiss beats and a uh, timbaland let out that they said on their instagram live that he was still supposed to battle maxwell but for some reason they couldn't get it together they were supposed to battle each other on valentine's day and what? they couldn't they couldn't get the details together so um d'angelo was already planned and already ready so he kept going um solo but everybody was like you shouldn't have told us that um even though it was a great solo wow. show for him um yeah, yeah that yeah. would have been crazy but apparently Mm -hmm. people on twitter were like Mm -hmm. maxwell has like serious anxiety and stage fright and he battled with it throughout his career and he was like there's probably no way he would ever do a versus and people were like wait it's not people though but you can visualize the numbers i guess but yeah crazy so but like for him it's weird though like he actually has been on the stage but yet now like you can't sit in your living room and do it well, they were, they, I think they would have been together in New York at the Apollo. Oh, oh. I don't know. That's I don't so know, interesting. Yeah, I, that um, is. I, I would never expect that, but I did see Maxwell a couple times in Boston and his first show in Boston after like decades, he actually said, um, the first time he came to Boston, the people in the audience were just like so rude. They weren't. They just weren't, you know, being respectful. And so he said he was never going to come back to Boston. He said that? Um, and I was like, that's so... He said that in his opening set when he came out with Black Summer's Night. Yeah. And I was like... And he was like, that hurt my feelings. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so crazy. Mm. And so um, I was like, I hope he comes back, you know? But, mm. you know, we sometimes forget, like, they're human too. But They are. You would yeah. never guess mm-hmm. them. You know, they would... They would also have stage fright. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I interrupted Margie. Margo, continue. Oh, about uh your gin cocktail and your song. Oh yes. Lucy um, Pearl. So Lucy Pearl, I, I love music so much. So I'm always making a little playlist for when I'm cleaning the house or when I'm cooking. I, I love to cook. So um yeah, that's that is the song that I I you know. Got it. Did you say your gin cocktail? Um, mm, that's what we waiting for. That I would that I would make. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Girl, what you trying? Oh, okay. Okay. So, so typically I will use a Portuguese gin. There's a little liquor store up the street, so I usually get one from um, Caju, um, and then I cut it with some tonic water, um, and then I add half a lime and ice cubes um and then I give it a little stir and and that's that's how I have my gin and tonic but usually I'm I'm drinking like vino verde or Mm -hmm. I'm drinking a sparkling sparkling light oh wow two euros I'm like I I'm shocked at how cheap wine is (laughs) like I was not anticipating that um, but you can get some really quality stuff under five euros from anywhere. What? Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to learn more about I know what I'm drinking, but everything tastes good. So <laughs> I haven't played. 
Cool. Leslie, what are you drinking? I saw you drinking a red. I am drinking a petite Bordeaux. Whoa. Oh, la la. Mm. It's hot and breeze. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. They make pretty good wine. They do. They do. Their, uh, their winemaker has been noted for the best Syrah on the East Coast. My, my. Mm-hmm. Nice. Tanisha, did you finish your 2006 Black Ankle? Uh... No, not yet. I have a couple more sips. Okay. And then I'll have to, I was going to post it tonight, but I mean, it's 11 now, so I'm not doing yeah. that. So I'll post it tomorrow. It's like a recap of the weekend's events. Gotcha. Well, Margo, thank you so much for joining us today and all of our shenanigans. All of the so shenanigans. Thank you. Uh, Please come back. Yeah. I definitely will. I was going to mention, um, I'm working on a book, an ebook that I'm going to be releasing. Whoa. Um, mm-hmm. It's about my, you know, meeting my moves here, but also just seeing how, you know, through I've been able to build a community of expat friends. Um, and I'm going to have uh, a wine professional out of Virginia. You might know her, Benita Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The wine, wine Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she'll be pairing wines with the, the recipes that I'll have. Um, in the ebook so that's like the latest project that I'm working on and definitely we'll share more details with you guys uh, as I'll go awesome that's great thank you um tell everybody where they can follow you yes um so you can follow me on instagram at margo's creative life um and then also my website is say that one more time margo you broke up a little bit Say that sure. one more time. You brought. Um, you can find me on. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Margot's Creative Life. On um, online at my website www.margoscreativelife.com as well. Leslie and Tanisha, you got anything coming up? I do. Um, I have two things happening. One, uh, I have our Wine Lovers Wednesday. And Sarita is going to be my guest there. And we are tasting a Pinotage and a Pinot Gris from Stoney's Wine. Mm. And then secondly, um, the Women of the Vine and Spirits. Recently, I uh, created a committee with Rachel Martin from Oceana Wines. And it's called Mm -hmm. From the, the Vine to the Bottle. And it's for people of all aspects of the wine segment. So you could grow, you could work in the tasting room, you could be a media person, um, but this is specifically for wine people. So if you're interested in joining, we're about to put out a poll of what people are interested in learning more about. Please join our committee. Tanisha, anything coming up? Um, Yes, Thursday. March 4th, I'm doing a live podcast recording with uh, a table for two. Um, it's guys, Antoine Abu Samra out of Lebanon and doing it live. It's And I'm doing a segment on food and wine pairing, wine buying tips. <clears throat> and then uh, Jamie Arajuo from um, Chuanua Wines in California. 
she's doing a segment and then there's another gentleman Acos, and the, um, they're doing a segment on like wine business and what the latest things in the wine industry um so yeah that you can register at uh, a table for two on instagram you can do you know you can register and get all the information there but that is uh thursday so i'm excited it'll be the first one we're doing so Excited hey, to see how that goes. Very exciting. Awesome. That is cool. Um, nothing going on with me. I'm just closing out the Instagram series for Blacks and Wine. Um, thank you to all the Black Wine professionals who are pushing through during this difficult, challenging time. And, uh, you know, we see you, we hear you. And you're welcome to be on the show anytime. So just let me know. Um, I think... So that is our show, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining this world suite, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Margot Gabriel. Be sure to follow her on Instagram and follow the way she matriculates through Portugal. Be sure to follow all of us on social media. Follow the Swirl Suite. And don't forget to like and subscribe, share our podcast, and provide comments. Cheers. Cheers.